It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. Thursday edition of the show for March 7th today. Hope you all are having a great week. The weather here along the Wasatch Front, not so great. A lot of rain, potentially some snow in the forecast, but we'll make do. Uh, BYU spring football rolls on. They're expected to have their third practice of spring ball today. No media access until next week, so apologies that we won't have much to report on over the next couple of days in terms of having eyes on things, but we'll see what trickles out, if anything, we'll report on that. But today we've got a lot of news and notes out of the BYU football program, as well as basketball program in terms of recruiting and additions to the roster we need to talk about. We'll cover that here in the first segment. Second segment of the show, I had a chance to catch up with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark. Of course, most of his scholarship guys in his position group aren't participating in spring ball. So what is a position coach that doesn't have his headliners to do? Well, I'll let him explain. We'll play that in the second segment for you, and then we'll wrap up the show as we always do with the other news and notes coming out about coming out from the BYU Athletic Department, the other teams and programs that are in action tonight, etc. So we'll have that all covered for you, like we always do right here on this daily podcast. And with that, that's your rundown for the show. Let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for March 7th, 2019. All right, everybody. My name is Jake Hatch. I am your host here on Locked On Cougars. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. I am your resident BYU insider, covering the Cougars from top to bottom each day with you here. Hopefully, all are, like I mentioned in the opener, having a great day. A lot to cover on today's podcast, and let's start off with the news of a commitment that came out officially this morning, and that is the Othello Washington defensive end prospect Isaiah Perez has announced his commitment to BYU. He is the nephew of former BYU. BYU offensive lineman Eddie Keel. Eddie Keel was a great offensive lineman kind of during the heyday of Bronco Mendenhall's tenure. Um, ben Criddle, who hosts Cougar Sports 960, has all kinds of great stories about him, as does Jake Caressa, who lined up alongside him on those BYU offensive lines. And if Isaiah Perez has any um, semblance of the edge and tenacity that his uncle had in terms of playing for BYU, BYU is getting a great player. Uh, Perez plays for Othello High School up there in Washington. He's a defensive end prospect, like I mentioned. Six foot three, 240 pounds. He's currently rated as a three-star prospect, a lower-end three-star prospect out of the state of Washington. Only offers reported on his uh, in terms of his um, recruiting profile on 247sports.com show an offer from the Howard Bison, which are an FCS program in BYU. I had some people bringing up uh, he got offers from other programs, but I'm just gonna go off what's officially listed there on 247sports. But I think honestly, if you look at his look at his film, Isaiah Perez plays football violently, and that's what you like to see when you have a defensive lineman that is coming to BYU. He's got good size. 
guys, you list, if he's listed at 6'3", 240 in high school, you have to imagine BYU thinks they can beef him up to 260 to 265 pounds. Really kind of be that prototypical defensive end that BYU is hoping for. Um, when I watch this kid's film, he kind of uh, gives me uh, flashbacks of watching a guy like Jan Jorgensen. And I know that Jan Jorgensen is in a class of his own. One time was the Mountain West Conference sack career leader. But in terms of just the violence he plays with, I really like what I see from from Isaiah Perez. And it doesn't hurt that he's got BYU bloodlines with his uncle, Eddie Keel, having already played at BYU. So congratulations to Isaiah Perez. We'll see if we can get him on the podcast to talk about his commitment, his connections to BYU, etc. We'll work on that going forward. That doesn't mean that any the other news isn't out there. There's other BYU recruiting news in football. And that includes yesterday BYU offering Corner Canyon linebacker prospect Josh Wilson. That last name probably sounds familiar, especially with the Corner Canyon um, identification there, and it's because it is the younger brother of BYU starting quarterback Zach Wilson. Uh, Josh Wilson is a linebacker. Uh, I I think he ultimately is a linebacker. He may potentially, if he bulked up, could play defensive end, but I think he sticks to the linebacker position. I think he's an underrated underrated prospect for the Corner Canyon Chargers. His brother was a star from seemingly the time he was a freshman. Josh Wilson, in comparison to what Zach went through in high school, has kind of toiled in anonymity. I don't think that necessarily is a bad thing, but congratulations to him on adding the offer. I would expect that he ultimately will sign with BYU, but you never quite know what's going to happen, but... Having an older brother who is the starting quarterback at the college has just offered you, I think, gives you a leg up in terms of recruiting him. BYU also offered a 2020 offensive line prospect yesterday in the state of Arizona. His name is Cade Bennett. He plays for Notre Dame Preparatory Academy in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, he has offers from Arizona, Arizona State, Boise State, Syracuse, Iowa State, etc. So a lot of P5 offers. Uh, BYU obviously on him. I'm expecting that Jeff Grimes has said that Arizona is one of the places he recruits pretty heavily. So I'm sure him and Eric Mateos, the new BYU offensive line coach, were in on recruiting uh, Bennett. And we'll see how it all shakes out. That's a lot of big time offers for a kid that comes from an area that's very talent rich. Uh, both in-state schools in Arizona have offered this kid and you see the other offers Iowa State Syracuse people from around the country are taking note of his abilities and I'm sure that the other offers are in line and We'll see if BYU ultimately is able to land him. I don't know that uh, in terms of jumping in later here, in terms because BYU, I guess the easiest way to say it, BYU likes to get in early on prospects, like to identify guys they think have talent. And I know a lot of people complain about BYU's inability to land the bigger fish in terms of who they recruit. And I get that BYU needs to win games. They're not. They don't have the P5 moniker that would really help them in terms of recruiting guys like that. But I think the biggest thing you can do is identify talent, get into kids' homes early, give them those offers early, and just love them up and hope that it pays off down the road. I think BYU has proven during the Kalani Sitake era that while maybe they're not closing as well as BYU fans would have hoped with a known recruiter like Kalani Sitake taking over as a head coach, at the very minimum, BYU's talent identification prowess, their ability to identify kids at a young age who can be contributors at the next level. They hit on a very high major, high high percentage of those guys, even if they don't sign at BYU. So hopefully that makes sense. BYU is able to identify talent at a younger age than I think a lot of other programs identify them. BYU's got to do that. They've got to have as many, I guess, advantages as they possibly can build into the recruitment, but 
the good news is BYU's been very good at identifying the talent that's out there in the college football realm, and I think that would bode well if BYU can start stringing together some wins against these stout um, independent schedules, multiple P5 teams. You win games, kids are going to take note of what you're doing, and they're going to be more interested. So we'll see how it shakes out with a kid like Cade Bennett. I would expect that Josh Wilson ultimately ends up a Cougar, but Cade Bennett from Arizona will be interesting to track with all the P5 offers he already has and see if BYU can stay in the mix with him kind of over the next year before the next signing period and see if they can land his signature. A couple other notes for you to get out of the way here in terms of BYU football stuff. They aren't necessarily recruiting related, but uh, BYU yesterday, Jay Drew did a great job in the Salt Lake Tribune. He had a list of 15 players of underclassmen that were on BYU's roster in the fall, so on t- in 2018, that aren't on the roster here in spring. A slew of them we've talked about, guys in the transfer portal that have departed BYU and are looking for their next destination, but three of the names were interesting ones that I wanted to note here. He mentions the names Michael Bruno and Michael Biagi. I'm um, hoping I'm pronouncing that right. It might be Biagi. But they're both international players who apparently are still enrolled in school. I looked up on the BYU student roster. They show that they're still enrolled. But they're not on the spring football roster. So I'm interested to see if if they're meeting if they're in classes they're going to have to try out again this summer whatever it might be they've ultimately decided to move on and just focus on their education could be a myriad of multiple reasons why they are no longer on the spring football roster but we'll pay attention to that going forward one other player that Jay mentioned in his column is Brock Davis who's from Olympus High School he's not on the spring roster but he was a scholarship player for BYU redshirted a year ago but he is also currently still enrolled at BYU according to records that I looked up yesterday so I'm interested to see what happens with Brock Davis maybe he's taking spring off to focus on academics or decided to move on I don't know exactly what his situation is if I get any information on that I'll be happy to pass it along but I wanted to note those three guys in terms of Jay's column three of them still enrolled in school at BYU according to BYU records and we'll see if they're able to rejoin the program this summer Um, one player that Jay did report that should return this summer is Peyton Wilgar previously reported that he was in the NCAA transfer portal. He is not on the spring roster. He is not enrolled in school at BYU, but indications are that he plans to re-enroll at BYU this summer and rejoin the program. So there you go. Some updates on BYU players currently at school and in terms of roster um, size, etc. Just wanted to update you on that. All right, we will take a time out here. We'll come back on the other side, but a reminder for you guys, when you're out and about driving around, you're a captive audience. And I know that sounds really negative, but it's the truth. When you're in your car, you're kind of at the mercy of whatever's on your radio. Well, guess what? Our personal assistant's on our phone. I use it all the time with Siri. Hey, Siri, call blah, 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 whatever it is. And I use it all the time when I'm driving around. Well, it can do the same work that you do in terms of making a phone call, sending a text, putting a note on your calendar, etc. to listen to this podcast. All you have to do is tell your personal assistant when you get in the car, right when you get in, just say, hey, so-and-so, insert name of whatever personal assistant you have on your phone, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you'll have the latest and greatest in terms of BYU news right there for you. I'd encourage you guys to check it out. It's an awesome feature. It makes listening to the latest in BYU news each and every day very easy. I would encourage you to give it a shot, and thank you for your continued support of the podcast. All right, coming up next, had a chance to speak with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark. A great conversation. He explains what a position coach is to do when most of your headlining players in your position group are missing out on spring camp. 
It would be an interesting uh, situation for him this spring. He explains that next right here on Locked on Cougars. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked on College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. Exclusive content is one of the hallmark features of Locked On Cougars. I was at practice earlier this week, had a chance to catch up with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark to talk about his position group. And Matt Bushman, Moroni Laulu Pututau, who will also play on the podcast here in coming days, they're all out. Uh, Hank Tui Pelotu, Dallin Holker went on a mission. They're all not participating in spring ball. Well, there doesn't mean they're not tight ends on the roster. There's a number of walk-ons that are currently listed there. Guys like a Tanner Leishman, um, Braden Kime is a newcomer to the BYU football program, listed at six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pounds. That's a big tight end, a kid out of Alta High School here locally. Well, Steve Clark, I uh, asked him the first question. I'm like, "What are you going to do this spring?" And I had a chance to catch up with him. It was a great conversation. Steve Clark is one of the more personable interviews on this in this program. Doesn't mean there aren't a lot of personalities, but he is very personable and a great interview. So here you go, Steve Clark with myself earlier this week after practice. Spring ball is going to be an interesting time for you. You got a, most of your headlining guys are either out due to injury or just recovering from injury. So what's it going to be like for you this spring? It's going to be great because those guys are know-it-alls anyway. So now I get a, <laughs> I get to coach you some new guys that 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 are fresh and that don't really have a, you know. They're 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 a, a, a what do you call it a clear canvas and I get to you know start start working with them and, and they're very uh, excited about it and they're eager to learn so um, it's it's you know been the first day so I, I can't really tell you how it's been going but it was fun today. Spring seems to be a time when a lot of coaches say, hey, let's take a look at a different position, etc. Do you have anybody doing that on your side or people that have left your position group to try that out elsewhere? Uh, no, J.J., he switched over to defensive line, J.J. Nwigwe, he, he, last year during the season. So, um, no, we, you know, we've, uh, we've kind of consolidated the, the F position, the fullback position, and the wing position into one. And, and so I'm coaching those guys right now. So I have Darius McFarland, who played some last year, played in the bowl game last year. Um, and he did some good things today. So, um, you know, from last year to today, we've lost seven, seven tight ends, uh, four of them to injury, and one went on a mission. Um, JJ moved over. So uh, most of those guys will be back. Um, but, you know, I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about the guys that, that are here right now that are um, that I'm working with. And, and we got a ways to go, but I thought for the first day they did really well. We saw it early last season. Coach Grimes really wanted to emphasize that tight end position. You, you just mentioned the, the attrition you guys had. Are uh-huh. you guys going to be getting back to that this spring, or is it just going to be a matter of getting healthy bodies out there to do what you can do? Well, you know, we'll use we'll use some some two tight ends, and, and you know, there's four of them going right now. But you know, the come fall we'll have you know eight or nine that that will 
we'll be playing with. So it's really a good time for those these younger guys to show they belong and, and earn reps in spring for the fall. And and even if it's not at tight end, maybe it's at another position, but they can show that they that they can play, that they can make plays. With the tight end position, what is what the offense that Coach Grimes wants to run? What is, I guess, the most important aspect in your mind that a tight end needs to have to succeed in that offense? Well, we, you know, we we want to use. You need to look at Matt Bushman, um, who made some great catches for us last year. He has to be able to block. You you can't be a one-dimensional player and and be able to survive. He's got to be able to run block to be to catch the ball and vice versa. You've got to be able to threat, be a threat in the pass game to be able to, to play in the run game. So you got to kind of, you know, you have to be a rounded player. You, and I'm not saying you have to be a killer dog and, and knock people around, but you've got to be able to uh, survive in the run game and, and uh, hold up in the run game and to, to be good enough in the pass game. Because people play nickel defense if you can't. Now, if we can get people to play their base defense, now we're we're good in the pass game. So, so you you have to do both. You have to be a good, a well-rounded blocker and you know, route route runner. This is just my observation, but last year it seemed like when I was kind of sitting out doing my extra work after practice it in, your tight ends were the last guys off the field. We saw them on the far end that we're talking about over the SAB yeah. here. They'd be over on the block and stuff. Was that something they did on their personal thing, or was that something the coaches encouraged? No, I told them I'd beat them up if they weren't. They didn't stay. No, they. Um, so it was usually Matt and Dallin Hooker, and those were the two that the two that survived yeah. <laughs> last year's <laughs> games. And uh, they just like football. They they just love football. They love being out there. They were they were always working on their hands. They were working on their their blocking because that's that's where they needed to uh, to get better at. They're good in the pass game. Matt's really good in the pass game. He needs to just get better in, in the run game. And if he does that. You know, it just makes him better, a better pass catching tight end. But you know, you you want to coach guys that really love to play the game. You're not whipping them to stay after it. And uh, but then they and they did that. And uh, so you know, I was really proud of them for what they did last year. Dallin's going on a mission, so we won't have him this year. But um, you know, hopefully. Uh, We'll have the same work ethic and same attitude. And never had a, I haven't had a problem with a tight end. Um, Attitude-wise, since I've been here, it's, I've been really blessed in that regard. Last couple of things here. You're the lone offensive coach who's been here since Kalani came to BYU. How much further ahead is this offense this year than it has been since he showed up, I guess, is the question. I think at certain positions, we're way ahead. Offensive line, we're way ahead. Receivers are way ahead. Tight ends, we're a little bit behind because, you know, we're, we're new in the quarterback position. Um, you know, Zach gone, taking most of the reps. The, the other quarterbacks um, know the offense. So we're ahead in that in that respect, but just the timing with the, with the receivers and the tight ends and the running backs isn't going to be as good as it was with Zach because you know Zach was taking ninety percent of the reps at the end of last year. So, but the, the you know those guys know what to do. Now it's just getting the right technique and, and, and getting them on the same page and you know comfortable with each other. Brady Christensen show you enough to make him a tight end today? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so Brady, you know, I remember him at Bountiful High School. Look how happily he was. Uh, he could do it, but you know, I also think he can make millions and millions of dollars in the NFL playing tackle. So, you know, uh, 
Brady wants to uh, play some tight end, I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Coach. You're welcome. Thank you. There you go, Steve Clark. Thank him for taking the time. First things first, I probably should explain the difference in audio quality well my mp3 player that i'd normally use it's been my trusted sidekick for nearly a decade working here in the media world well it decided it wanted to run out of batteries about two minutes into our original conversation with steve so i apologized pulled out my phone and recorded the conversation on my phone so that explains the difference in audio quality compared to some of the other interviews we've had so thanks for putting up with that but some notes coming off that from steve uh, include that it looks like byu's fullback position is pretty much dead and gone at least it seems like to me he mentions Darius McFarland has been working with him he called him a wing back or a a kind of an extra tight end that wing back is the guy that lines up just behind the offensive line some of these uh, these shotgun sets that BYU runs Uh, maybe you could call it a fullback but the interesting part was that Steve Clark is now working with those guys it makes sense considering he's coaching the tight ends it's kind of the position they're playing it's a hybrid spot but no longer it looks like a traditional fullback spot in BYU's offense. I think that goes right in line with what BYU's doing. Jeff Grimes has said, hey, we're going in more shotgun formations. It fits what Zach Wilson does best. And I think that's smart. You adapt your your lineup to what you have. That doesn't mean that Darius McFarland and BYU can't line up in an I formation at some point down the road and he plays a traditional fullback like Braden L. Bakri did for so many years. That doesn't mean that's dead and gone per se, but it looks like for the time being, the status quo is that they'll be playing what they call wingbacks, H-back positions, where they line up just behind the offensive line next to the tight end, etc. And they act as a fullback in terms of the blocking sets and whatnot, but they aren't traditionally lined up in the backfield like they normally have been in football history. So an interesting note there, but also you heard him talk about um, just what they're going to do with these young players. And he was joking, like, those guys are all know-it-alls. I get to work with these young guys, and we'll see how they perform. Uh, it's an opportunity for these walk-ons, Leishman, Braden Kime, even Darius McFarland, to get extra work on the field of the BYU offense and show what they can do to the BYU coaches. So I thought it was a great conversation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We'll have more of those coming as we go throughout spring ball. And remember, this is exclusive content that you only get on this podcast. So share it with people. Let them know, hey, you can hear from people. We had Chaz Ayu day one. He gets interception. He's the star of the defense. Day one of BYU spring ball. Well, guess who was the only person to talk to him? The only podcast to talk to him after practice. Right here, Locked On Cougars. So, just a reminder for you guys. That's the value of this podcast, and it's a blast to bring it to you each and every day. All right, we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports next. You are listening to Locked On Cougars. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
You are locked on Cougars, and this is your daily source for all things BYU sports news. Thanks again for joining me on this Thursday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all having a great week. It's a blast to bring the show to you guys. I say it time and time again, and I thank you guys for your continued support. A couple of things I would like you guys to do if you don't mind. Please subscribe to the podcast first off, and if you don't mind, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts on your iPhone, iPad, etc., all I want you to do is give me that five-star review. If, if you give that five stars, I would appreciate it more than you guys would know. They're worth their weight in podcast gold, and it's a blast to bring this to you guys. I want to continue to help get the word out, and that's how that does that organically. When you get sees more of those um, ratings added to the podcast, it publicizes it more and gets the word out. Also, share with your family and friends. Let them know about this podcast. You can share it on social media. You can let people know about it by word of mouth. Any and all help is appreciated, and I love bringing this podcast to you guys, and hopefully you guys find it of worth as well. All right, as we wrap things up on today's podcast, I wanted to run down some of the other news and the ske- other news, excuse me, and schedule of what's going on in BYU sports this evening. We'll start off with baseball. I know it's been wet weather early today as of recording on Thursday along the Wasatch Front, but BYU baseball is set to play a four-game series against Milwaukee. It's supposed to begin tonight at 6 p.m. at Miller Ballpark. With the turf field, BYU is able to play more games. We'll see. If it's a downpour, I don't necessarily think they'll play the game. They maybe delay it, but they have a four-game set scheduled this weekend against Milwaukee, hoping to get at least one game in this evening at 6 o'clock. I'd encourage you, if, if the weather does clear up and you want to watch some baseball, get out to Miller Ballpark and enjoy it. You'll also be able to watch it online. It'll be streaming on the W.TV, and BYU Radio will be broadcasting the games as well. In women's softball, they are in Southern California for the Long Beach State slash UCLA Invitational. They're scheduled to take on Robert Morris and Long Beach State today. Uh, it's all dependent on the weather. They've had most of their um, tournaments in California this year have had uh, rain affect the, the the schedules. They've had games canceled in Las Vegas as well as Southern California. So weather pending, BYU hopefully gets both of those games in. Hopefully can claw their way back above 500 as they kind of gear up and get moving towards conference play. Uh, the softball program at BYU has had a very strong, rich legacy. 14 straight years making the NCAA regionals. We'll see what happens this year. It's still a long ways to go, but not necessarily the smoothest of starts when it comes to BYU softball this year. But they are scheduled to face b- both Robert Morris and Long Beach State today down there in Southern California. If they get both games in today, which I hope they do, because it looks like the weather should be better in Southern California. We'll have updates on how they perform on tomorrow's pod. One final note for you is that women's gymnastics is in action tonight. They have a dual meet in Boise, Idaho against the Boise State Broncos. It's part of the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference, their conference schedule. Scheduled at 7 p.m. there in Boise at Taco Bell Arena. So if there's any listeners up there in the Treasure Valley that want to go support the Cougars, you can go out and watch the women's gymnastics team in action tonight. All right, there you go. That's the schedule for tonight. We'll have a recap of how things go tomorrow as well as a full preview of the weekend ahead in BYU sports. A lot of teams in action. Men's and women's track and field teams are headed to the NCAA Indoor Championships this coming weekend. So a lot to cover for you, and we'll cover it for you on tomorrow's podcast as well as getting you ready for the Western Conference, West Coast Conference quarter 
final matchup for BYU men's basketball on Saturday, maybe an early preview of women's basketball on Monday in their semifinal matchup. So a lot to cover on tomorrow's podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Thanks again for your continued support of the show. It's a blast to bring it to you each and every day. Whenever you get, whenever you get in your car, use your personal assistant. Play podcast Locked on Cougars is all you have to tell it, and you'll have the latest and greatest in BYU news, and I would encourage you guys to check it out. Thanks again for your continued support. Like I just said, I'm being redundant here, but we'll sign off for now. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for March 7th, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day